0: What's going on guys, welcome back, welcome back to the Bridging the Gap podcast, I have a confession to make, I have a a, a something to admit and I am so so sorry and, and I hope you can tell by this, I've got a coffee, I've got a bloody coffee because bloody 3D has run out absolutely fuming. Yeah, <laughs> I hope you guys are well. I hope you guys are well. We have been. I think it's been over a week now since since the last podcast because obviously I've been competing this weekend. My final competition of the season. I cannot believe it's over. It was very very emotional, uh, very very emotional. Regardless of the result, like it was going to be very very emotional. You know, even if I'd won everything, it was going to be very very emotional that it was all over. Six months work, 1500 plus hours of cardio, minimal food, sacrifice, pain, crying, tears, blood, sweat, grit, you know, and it all just came to an end and it's crazy and it came to an end very, very quickly. I think I was on stage for literally six minutes, uh, which is a bit of a shame, but it is what it is. For those of you guys that don't know the result, I ended up placing second in my class to the IFBB Pro Card winner. Um, I know who the guy was, his name's Omar Suleiman, um, I've followed him for a long time, uh, I've actually, I've had me and, me and me and my family have, have, like, talked about him a lot as to how he has just, like, he's won, I think he's won, like, three amateur Olympias, he won in Padova, where I was as well, he won, uh, two weeks before that in, like, Alicante, he's won, like, seven or eight of his classes been into the overall of every single one and ended up second in nearly every single one so to a certain extent like those judges have seen him literally 10 times this year and they've seen him in the overall literally 10 times this year so from that logic it sort of makes sense that he that he won um, that he won the pro card which is cool I don't know whether it is good that I lost to the guy who got the pro card or it's even worse because it potentially could have been me if I won my class instead. Um, but as soon as I saw him at the tanning booth, I was like, fuck this, like, because I know that he's beaten me a few times before. And I know that it'd be really, really close because in Padova, like I was, I'm considerably bigger now than I was in Padova and I could really match him a little bit more muscul- muscular, mu- muscularity wise. Um, But that was still the issue, Um, it was definitely a muscularity thing, I I definitely feel like I had the shape on the dude, I definitely feel like I had one of the best physiques, physique wise, like to look at is nice, Um, and and, and in men's physique criteria I feel like I was very very high up there, Um, but the reality is like they have to market on muscularity and conditioning and and all these things, and if, if you're not there on muscularity and they give me a pro card, you know technically speaking I'm supposed to be pro standard, so if you get that pro card you can go compete in a pro show. But let's face it, if I got that pro card when I competed in a pro show the week after, I would look like a little boy and they would laugh me off stage. So it kind of makes sense that I shouldn't get it um, because I've not really got the size. Um, and I think I think the better man won in the day. I, I could see him beating me in a few poses. I think especially with men's physique weight, you kind of do just stand front on and, and back. You, you can't like... It's very difficult to outmaneuver someone with different poses and and maybe some flamboyancy and stuff. My stage presence was better for sure. Um, But it'd be really interesting to get the judges' feedback and see how close it was, uh, if I really want to know that. Um, But I sent off a judge's feedback. I've got my own feedback. My own feedback is like, fuck me, I cannot believe how good I looked. Uh, That's the most humble I could be about it. Um, I honestly could not believe how good I looked. That is... Anyone who's in bodybuilding, physique, anyone who does anything in beauty fashion that does with themselves, to be happy with a look, you know how rare that is. Um, So I was so over the moon with how I looked. The fullness, the thickness that I wanted, that I was scared I wasn't going to get if I'd started steroids, um, it was there. And I was really, really happy that it was there. And uh, I really, really was happy with the final package disappointed with the final result. I think I think even if I'd won my class and come second in the overall or been in the overall and didn't get the pro card, I would have been just as gutted. So we take the pros and the cons from the scenario and we know that we're in touching distance to that pro card. Um, but the reality is, if I'd won the pro card or if I had not won the pro card, which I didn't, I still think the, the outcome of the next steps would be the same. Um, the reasoning behind that is... If I'd got a pro card, I wouldn't be big enough to the pro stage. Um, I would need to take a year out to get big enough to be on the pro stage. Um, I could go ahead now and do a six-month bulk and be of standard to get a pro card, but then I would have to go away again and put on more size for the pro standard. So instead, I feel like the best option for me to do right now is just to take the year out, come back pro standard, but competitive pro standard, win my pro card, and then compete as a pro that year as well. So the goal right now is 2021 to compete early-ish 2021, get the pro card early-ish 2021, and then be competing toward the Olympia in 2021 and try to get a pro pro, um, a pro show win, a pro show points to try and get the Olympia points to go um, in 2021. So we've got two years. I've got probably about 14 months worth of bulking left. Um... And we go again. We go again. I can't believe it. Um, Post show plans. Like initially, I'm straight down to a cruise. Dropped out all my orals, Dropped out all my clen and 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 anything harsh like the the acetates trend and stuff. I'm straight down to a cruise. 150 milligrams of masteron. 150 milligrams of testosterone and Amphate. I will just do that every week now for the next 20 weeks or so. I won't even look to go into a into a blast or another cycle which can compromise me health wise until January now. Which is a long old time, which wouldn't give me enough, which wouldn't give me a lot of time if I wanted to compete at the back end of next year. It would give me like a four month blast, then like have to come off again, then have to go back on again. So it doesn't work out time wise, drug wise either. Um, And it just makes sense to come back undeniable. You know, I don't want to be umming and ahring. Am I going to win? Am I going to do this? I want to come back and be like, I'm here to fucking take over and win. And and I don't care who comes, I don't care who's there. I'm there to to show up and and to, to give my best and hopefully fight for that top spot. Oh, it's, it's a difficult it's very, very difficult to take that decision. It was very, very difficult to it still is it still is difficult to accept that decision that'm I'm, I'm waiting another year now to get that pro card after killing myself for 10 months straight. you know it, It's very very difficult, but I know the investment will pay off in the long term. and I know that when I'm 28, 29 I could be at the Olympia. that's, that's, that's not long. That's not long. Um, I need to put in the work. It's it's the smart choice. It's the clever choice. It's the hardest fucking choice, Um, but it's the one that's going to pay off, guys. So, twenty twenty one. You heard it here first. Um, I'm finna get that pro card. (laughs) Um, I want to jump into the main body of the work of the uh, the workout the podcast right now, and I want to talk about my darkest times, uh, my darkest time that I've ever had, and. Um, this was surprisingly at uni, and I don't think at the time I knew it was my darkest time. I don't think I knew the problems that I was having, but I was suffering with severe anxiety. I was suffering with social anxiety. I was suffering with my own personal anxiety. Um, I had so many insecurities with being out in public. I couldn't go and I couldn't go to my lectures. Like I physically could not bring myself to go to my lectures because. I drilled in this 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 thought process that people had of me that I was lazy or that I was some random kid turning up because I I missed my introductions at uni and from those introductions I got so scared socially to go and meet new people because I've never really never really kind of been pushed towards that I'm, I'm an only child I'm, I'm, I'm I've never been massively like friendly, as in, like, I've never had, like, 10, 15, 20 close friends. I've always just had, like, one good friend, and it's been, like, quite close-knit, and I've always been that type of person, so it was quite difficult being removed out of a small little country town where you don't lock your door and being put into a place where you live on your own and you got to cater for yourself and meet all these new people and ask people that you don't know questions. And, like, I couldn't even ring the fucking Indian takeaway. You know, like, I, have this, I had this social anxiety. But I didn't know what it was. I didn't know, and I couldn't make that correlation at the time. I just couldn't do things, and I didn't know why. And it, and it ate at my insides so bad. Um, and here's a confession for you. Over the four, five years I was at uni, I probably went to about 10 lectures because of my anxiety and I justified it every single day. I justified it that it wasn't anxiety. I justified the reasons why I wouldn't go. Oh, it's fine. This, this lecture's on, on, online. Oh, it's fine. This lecture got taught. Oh, I don't need to go to that seminar because I know that one, you know, pretty well. And because I did uh, something that you could probably read from a textbook and kind of do all right, like I never did bad in exams. I never did bad in courseworks. I just kind of did all right, and, and no one really said anything. I just, I was just, I just passed by. There was no timetables. There was nowhere to check in on your lectures. So it kind of gave me that free pass to just not turn up. And honestly, I just sat at home, and I smoked weed a lot. And I smoked weed, and I just played games, and I was on my laptop. And I just had the worst anxiety all day, every day. And it was crazy, and I didn't know what it was. And I very, very confident. That's what pushed me to smoke so much when I was at when I was at uni. Um, I'd have phone calls from my mum. H- how was school? How was lectures? I would make up things. I would make up a topic that we talked about. I would click on the PowerPoint for the day, and i would just read a slide off, you know. And I would lie, and I would because I had so much anxiety about. I need people to think that I'm going to lectures, but I can't go to these lectures because no one knows me there. They're going to ask me who the fuck this guy is. And I was going through mental turmoil, and I didn't talk to anyone about it. I didn't know that it was even happening. And it was so, so scary at the time. I, I just kind of... I, just, I don't even know if maybe that's why I'd lashed out at some people or didn't know whether that was why I'd done other things and you know all these different reciprocal problems that had happened down the line with how it, wha- whatever it is, my attitude, my my motivation, my laziness, my, my lack of proactiveness, my reluctancy to get a job, my lack of wanting to do anything for myself, I think a lot of this all intertwined to this anxiety and this social anxiety that I had and it was a really dark time, it was a really fucking dark time guys and I just didn't know, you know, I had a girlfriend and it was fine and I could go stay at hers for a week and not go to any lectures, and it was all grand, but at the back of my head, every single day, every single day I had, I should be at a lecture, I should be doing this, I'm not doing this, I'm paying this much money, I'm doing this, my parents are doing this, and I'm not doing this, I had that every single day, and it ate at me, and it ate at me, and it ate at me, and it didn't stop, it did not stop for four years, and I got into my fourth year at uni, and I chose to do a masters, essentially because I didn't want to leave, I didn't want to go into the real world, I didn't want to get a job, I didn't want to lose all my friends that I'd gained, which was amazing, that I'd gained over uni. And I didn't want to be released into the same thing again like I did when I was at uni. I didn't want to be put into a workplace where I had to turn up to things and meet new people and do this because I just had this horrible association with that feeling of someone standing on your chest, that anxiety feeling of when you go and meet meet new people and stuff. And it was really fucking hard to deal with. And I got through about halfway with my master's and I thought, this is not for me. I've got to, go, I've got to do 10,000 words and these lectures. And I've not been to any lectures. I've not read one book. And, and I actually just quit my master's. Um, and I spent the next six months doing absolutely nothing. Nothing. Didn't plan one thing. I wasn't very good at YouTube. I did a video once a week. I wish I fucking had smashed it back then because it's when YouTube was was going crazy but I did absolutely nothing nearly every single day uh, for, for four years and I wallowed, I I got unhealthy, I bodybuilded a little bit so it was alright but I got unhealthy, had a poor diet, had poor hygiene, I didn't really have self-respect, I didn't really care how I looked like when I went out in the morning, I didn't really mind if I woke up a bit smelly I could just throw on another t-shirt and just whatever, I didn't care who who was going to smell me you know, little things like that, that you just kind of lose over a period of time of just no clarity. And that was a huge, huge, huge bit of my life was just this zero clarity, that uncertainty. What should I do today? What should I do tomorrow? And that last six months of when I'd quit my masters and I knew that I was counting down the days until I left uni and I left all my friends and I had to go into the real world was horrific googling jobs that i didn't want to do looking at things i didn't want to do office job this graduate program there i hadn't got a clue i had not i hadn't learned anything in 4 years because i'd not been to a lecture i'd just been scraping by i hadn't i didn't know how to do a business uh, so i didn't know how to have a uh, a job interview i didn't know i i got job interviews and i didn't go to them i refused to go to them for that social anxiety and i told my parents that i went to them you know, and I would just disappear for four or five hours when I'd, i will just go drive to a friend's house and just tell them I went, you know, because I was so socially just anxious to go meet people. And I just couldn't even, even when they rang me on the phone, I was trembling and shaking for this crazy anxiety that I had. I, I could spend a lot of time, you know, delving into it and trying to find out exactly where it came from. You know, maybe when, when my parents broke up, maybe because... I got pushed into social situations when I was younger, maybe, it could be so many different things, it could be a plethora of different things, but what I really want to talk about is how I got myself out of that rut, because I understand that a lot of fucking people, a lot of young kids, a lot of people who are looking to get into jobs, life, looking to get into life after education, because education does not set you up for life very well at all, is very fucking daunting. And you have no idea where to go. People say they want to do something. People say they don't know what they want to do. My biggest, biggest piece of advice um, is to do. I came home and I didn't do. I came home and I tried to do different things and apply for shitty jobs. and, And I didn't want to do any of them. And I refused to go to any of them. And I could have liked half of them, but I didn't. And until I finally got a job at the gym, which was a really really poor compromise on my behalf some minimum wage working behind a reception after a four-year graduate, like being a graduate getting a university degree did really well in a levels and gcse and i was working behind a reception but i learned very very quickly what i did and didn't want to do when i started doing if that makes sense so if you're out there and you've got an opportunity and you think oh, i don't really want to do it or I don't know if I want to do it, do it. Because there's only one way it's going to go. There's only two ways it's going to go. You're going to do it, you're going to like it, and you're going to carry on. You're going to do it, you're not going to like it, and you're going to stop. And what do you do in either of those cases? You learn exactly what aspects you like, you learn exactly what aspects you don't like. So as soon as I started in that gym, I realized that I enjoyed customer care. I enjoyed making sure that people were taken care of before they even knew they wanted to be taken care of. I realized that I, I enjoyed that. Um, I realized that I hated doing the accounts. I didn't like counting up everything there. So I knew that that wasn't something that was going to go down in the future. Um, I really enjoyed the flexible time. I enjoyed coming in 12 to 8. I enjoyed coming in 2 till 9. I enjoyed coming in 6 till, um, 6 till 2, I think it was. I enjoyed those flexible time schedules. So I knew that... Probably working a nine-to-five wasn't going to be for me being in the same place at the same time. Having a boss who was really, really flexible and nice, that was that was good. That was another thing that I wanted to take from it. Um, but most importantly, it gave me time just to reflect about myself. And while I was actively doing something, it gave me a bit of peace of mind with my parents trying to say, get some money, get some money. Um, but the biggest thing that I could have done was just to hold my nutsack and just go for it. I copped out, I copped out, and I dipped my little toe in a gym that I'd been training in for 10 years with people that I knew, with the manager I knew, with people that I knew. So I really, really copped out in terms of making my jump and doing my do, uh, because most people don't have that luxury of saying, you don't have that luxury of just having an easy like family friend or you know, someone who can just offer you a job, and you'd be like, yeah, whatever, like, I know you guys, it's really, really comfortable environment, most people have to go out there and meet new people, meet a new boss, meet a new team, and be enrolled into the team, you know, learn these people, find new friends, like, it's way more daunting than what I did, but it worked, and doing fucking worked, um, it didn't work straight away, um, I still didn't know what I wanted to do, and, i wanted something different so i left and i went to london and i made an even bigger decision an even scarier decision and this was like my notch up the doing ladder and i went to work for lululemon i moved out um, and i hated every single moment of it it was seven months of hell i got attacked three times i lived in a horrible place i could barely afford to eat my the hygiene went down my lifts went down i lost weight I was walking 20, 30,000 steps a day and I couldn't eat enough. My diet was out the window. All I ate was shit food from the market. And that was a big, big, no, Josh, you cannot do this. And I did that for eight months. I couldn't get a contract break until six months and it was two months notice. So, and imagine I knew, I knew after about three weeks I didn't want to be there. So I had to wait eight months, eight long months, working shifts I didn't want to work scraping for money eating food i didn't want to eat and it was horrible um, and i was in the exact same place it felt even worse than when i was at uni because i didn't have any friends i was in a place i was scared to be i had iron cladding on my door with a lock which scared the shit out of me you guys from london are probably laughing at me right now but i haven't locked my door in 25 years at home you know i'm coming to a different environment um, I'm in the countryside I couldn't sleep for two weeks when I first got there because it was so loud sirens noise that city hum um, and, and it got even darker you know I attacked three times I didn't know what I wanted to do I didn't have any other skills I didn't want to go into consultancy business I didn't want to be an advisor into finance I wanted to just be a YouTuber and you know have the master of my own time and work for myself but I didn't have followers I didn't have an income from that I didn't have money from that uh, I didn't get anything from that and, 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 I just did, and I wasn't proactive about it I didn't do anything didn't didn't go out and do I just I just was just scared and full of anxiety every day and and, and things just went down and down and down and it wasn't until I finally came home this is guys I was 25 I'm, I'm only 26 now. I quit that job at 25 the beginning of the year. And I came back home and I had that peace of just being like, okay, thank God. Um, I've had five years of just being anxious, you know, being in foreign environments that wasn't suiting me and doing this and doing that. And it was really starting to take its mental effect on me. Um, And I didn't know what I was doing. I was 25 years old, living with my mum couple hundred quid in the bank, if I was lucky I'd get a new training program, every now and again i will do like some training programs and I'd sell 20 of them and I would be fucking dancing because I'd made what were they, they were 20 pound at the time, sold 30 of them, how much is that? Um, mental maths maybe like 500 quid or something that's awful maths, you know I made like 5-600 quid in like one day and I was just like buzzing, jumping dancing, I'm like this is it, this is it and then, of course, the next day nothing happened, and the next day nothing happened, and, and and it was a process. But in failing so much to get out there, talk to people, go to lectures, in failing so much in living in a nice place in London, being a, I couldn't even go talk to the manager that like I wanted to because I was scared of what he would say. Do you know what I mean? Like I had that anxiety for so long, and I got poked, and I got poked, and I got poked not by anyone but just by life and I got poked into that corner and I got poked into the corner again and then I got faced into the corner and I got pushed down into that corner and to the point where I couldn't get into the corner anymore and I thought i got to fucking do something here I've really, really, really got to do something here and th- I don't know what clicked I don't know what changed I don't know whether it was watching Gary V, Grant Cardone any of these people who were motivational but a flick switched and I said I need to go do something now. I need to consciously do something now to build this business. And then I started reading about marketing. And then I started reading about influencers. Then I started reading about branding. Then I started paying more attention to TM Cycles page. Then I started paying more attention to Mo Samuels, Mike Diamond's, Brandon Harding, Alphalete, Guzman. And I started emulating them and I started reciprocating them and I started doing little tweaks on what they were doing. And then I started copying posts on Instagram and then I noticed that traction was coming, and I thought, I'm fucking onto something here. And that's when it happened, and that's when I made this conscious decision to do. At 25 years old, I'm 26 now, I turned 27 in December 31st, 2019. Yeah, it's this has happened in the last 12 months. From 19 to 25, literally six years, four of which were hell, mentally, they were actually really really good i had like some amazing years at uni i didn't hate it i had the most amazing friends i met so many amazing people they taught me so much about myself and i think they helped me more than anything mentally to become the person who i am today but the anxiety side the learning side the going into classes and whatever side that is i was broken for four years and i had no guidance no one could help me through it and i tried to get guidance from. My dad, who would just say, just go get a job. It wasn't pretty rubbish. My mum, bless her, supported me through every single thing that she could. Offered me advice, offered this, but it never hit home and it never clicked. The penny never dropped. Um, and until the penny drops, you're never going to get it. You know, you're never going to get it. And then and until, the, you know what? Sometimes the penny isn't going to drop unless something makes it drop. And nothing's gonna make it drop if nothing changes. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, but except but expecting a different result. It's not gonna happen. Do something different. Just fucking do it. Um that was a rant. I really I honestly just wanted to talk about how I felt about university and, and how the last five years have been for me before this quote unquote start of the ladder to success. Um, ...because I've never really talked about it publicly... ...I've never really talked about it properly... ...and I wanted to just... ...I actually just wanted to do it for me... ...and I wanted to just talk about how how dark those times were... ...and how I I would be at home sometimes... ...everyone would be out... ...and I would just get this feeling of just the pit in my stomach... ...that I should be at a lecture right now... ...and I would start trembling... ...and I would start shaking... ...and I would start losing my breath... ...and I would just go, fuck, I need to be in this lecture... And then something in my head would just go, nah, fuck it, whatever. And I would just relax and then I I could get rid of it and it, it would happen again, it would happen again. And I would have anxiety every single day. I would have the shakes every single day. I would have shortness in breath every single day. I would have an elephant stood on my fucking chest every single day. And I didn't know what it was. I didn't even know what the word anxiety was then. I just knew what this felt like, and I knew that it didn't feel nice. And I had that association with not feeling nice and thinking about lectures. So I never thought about lectures. I never thought about it. I put it out of my head. I woke up, the first thing I thought about was breakfast. You know, I didn't even care about the lectures by some of those points. Of course, there were times when I was like, fuck, I need to be there. But a lot of the time, I blocked it, um, and it was the worst thing I could have done. It was the worst thing I could have done. What you need to do is fucking run headfirst, literally, do something that scares the shit out of you because you'll never be scared again. I cannot tell you how many things that I've done that have scared the ultimate shit out of me. That I will now no longer be scared of things. I could bring anyone, any place and meet anyone and not have any any nervousness. You know, nervousness is normal. People get nervous when they meet new people. I don't really get that anymore. You know, I get it for certain things. For example, when I go meet Amy's parents, when I go see them again, I get a bit nervous you know, because you want to try and press them, blah, blah, blah. But if I was to go see her friends, or if I was to go see many, many people, probably, i say my age, you know, 20 to 35. I don't know why that why that is. But I don't think I'd have any anxiousness. You know, I used to have anxiousness if I was walking through, uh, I don't know, let's just say Brick Lane or something, and I, and I was lost, and I wanted to ask someone for directions. I wouldn't have been able to do that two years ago. In fact. I couldn't do that two years ago when I was in Bethnal Green. I couldn't do that. I couldn't ask people for directions because I had this crazy anxiety uh, about talking to people and and all these different things. And it was so, so crazy. And and it took a long time for me to get out. Like, I'm 26 years old. Like, that's not, it's not young. You know, it's very, very difficult. But I'm telling you, when it happens, when that penny drops and things become clear, things fucking escalate. Really, really quickly. If I look back to where I was nine months ago, 10 months ago, things have tenfolded, folded, 20 um, folded. But because I've applied myself every day, every day I've woke up and applied myself to the goal. Every day I have worked towards something that I know that I want to do. And that is the main thing to take is that you have to work towards something. It doesn't need to be what you want to do in the end. It just needs to be towards something because at any time you can change the road. The road is not straight. It is fucking left, right, green, orange, roundabouts, up and down and diagonal. You know, it's just about moving down that road a lot of the time. And for so, so long, I was just stood in that road and looking down the end of the road. What I'm picturing right now is Route 66. You know, those big, long stretches that are miles and miles and miles and straight. I'm picturing my, and there's desert either side. I'm picturing myself stood in the middle with my hands in my pockets and just looking forward and just being like, fuck, where do I go? What do I do? If I go this way, this might happen. Fuck, if, if I go that way, that might happen. If I go this way, then this is good. And you just stood in there, turning around, looking left, right, straight forward, and nothing's happening. Just fucking move. Just move forward, because eventually you're going to hit something, you know? And then, guess what? If you hit something, you don't like it, you turn around and go back the other way. You know, it's very, very simple metaphor for a very, very complicated system, Um, I understand the anxieties, the insecurities, the mental battles and struggles that come with that, but I promise you, just move forward, and move forward, and if you can move forward longer than any fucker can, I promise you, you're going to have a better result. Um, So that's all I wanted to say about my darkest time so far of my life, Um, was probably uni. My parents have broken up before, I've lost grandparents, Um, but that was probably the hardest period of my life. in hindsight, because I don't think I even realized it, which is the worst thing. Maybe the best. Maybe maybe for the best. But I don't even think I realized at the time that I was, I was a ball of anxiety and I was a mental health wreck. Um, but I'm so thankful for the people that are around me that kept me supported and grounded. My mum, my mum never ever backed down. She always had me when when I was sad, when I was happy, when I was ill, when I was ecstatic. She was always with me. So. We got through it and we're there and now I'm here to bring other people through it. So if this type of thing is happening to you right now, if you're at a place, a crossroads, uh, a a lull, a dip of your life, just keep moving. Just keep moving. If you've got one thing that you can focus on that day, focus on it and do it. If you've got one little idea that you think that you might want to try, go and do it. If you've got a thing that you want to do but there's things holding you back, go and do it. Find those things that are holding you back and change them so they're not holding you back. If you want something, you have to go do it. That is all I can say. You can go hire a coach, you can go get a life coach, you can go get motivation lessons, but guess what? If you don't fucking want it, you're not going to fucking do it. And speaking from experience as a coach who's had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of clients, I know the ones who want it within the first week because they come to me and they say, check-in done, hope you had a good week. That's how it is. And the the person who doesn't want it goes, hi mate, had an all right week this week, food was okay. That's the difference. Food was okay, how are you dude, check-in done. What do you mean it was okay? Food was okay, your nutrition was okay. What is okay, that is not quantifiable. Have you done it, have you not? The same thing with business. You know, you wanna move forward in a business, Have you done what you need to do in order to move forward? No, you're not moving forward. Have you done it? Yes. Well, that's why you're moving forward. You know, If you don't make these steps yourself, no one is going to make them for you. Someone can give you the blueprint. Someone can give you the instructions. You can learn from other people's mistakes. But until you do it, it doesn't make a fucking difference. I pride myself on learning from other people's mistakes. I pride myself on learning from my dad's mistakes with money, with cheating on my mum, with destroying my family. I've learned from all of his mistakes, and I will never, ever put people in the situation that he's put people in. And that sounds very harsh. Hope you're not hoping to listen to Dad. But in the same way that I've heard uh, one of my ex-girlfriend's fathers from when I was 15, he was a doctor, an Irish doctor um he told me about managing pensions at some point you know i took that and i listened to that and i know now right now right now i'm trying to set up a pension but i know that that clicked in my head when i was like 15 16 and i feel like i've got this innate inbuilt me inbuilt in me to learn from other people's mistakes and to not make them myself and that is really really important to move forward um What's more important to know is that you can make mistakes, and that's fine. They don't define you. What defines you is how you act on those mistakes and how you act moving forward. So that was a long fucking rant. That was a very, very emotional rant for me because it takes me back takes me back to some very, very dark times. And I can feel that little bit of anxiety as, as I'm finishing this right now. My palms are a little bit wet. My voice is a little bit trembly. I don't know if you can tell. But I'm getting that slight anxiety feeling thinking about this kind of stuff. And it was crazy. It was a crazy, crazy period of time which I didn't even know what was happening. And now, in hindsight, I knew what was happening. Um, There was stuff that I could have done. And those are some of the things that I could have done. So if you're out there and you need some help, holler at your boy. Just go and do. Get a self-help book. Yes, they really help. Listen to the right people on YouTube. Yes, they really work. And eventually, you're going to find something that's going to make the penny drop. And then you stick to it. You go to it and you keep working and just to finish off with a few questions because i know you love them um, i'm just going to do a few things so after this season josh where do you think that your physique is most lacking i sort of touched on this um, for me i need bigger arms delts uh chest and back so essentially i need to grow everything while keeping my midsection as tight as possible i was so happy with my midsection this year that it was a real weak point in 2017 um, but again it's still a weak point so everything just needs to grow. I need more thickness, more size and more maturity and that just comes with time in this in this game. so um yeah, do I think politics are as prominent as people think in the ifBB? I personally don't think they are as prominent anymore. I also think that they're getting better. I've seen some shows this week like I've seen some shows around the world this year and definitely it's different. In country to country, Italy was a little dodgy for me, considering, like, the guy who came, like, third was honestly pro-standard, like, he was unreal. Um, in the UK, I think it's really fucking good. That's why I really, really wanted to compete in the UK, and that's why I really, really want to try and get my pro card in the UK next in 2021, um, which could be difficult because I think it's at the end of the year, but... The judging was really good. The judging seems to be pretty damn fair. Like, every single class that we said the person should have won at the weekend, they should have won, and they did win, um, which is pretty cool. I definitely think it's getting better. Is there going to be politics? I personally think you have politics in everything, unfortunately, especially things that aren't black and white. Like, this is not a 100-meter race. I didn't cross the line before you did. It's very much like a... It's, it's not you know you've got to literally compare people so it's very very difficult to hold your own politics aside. Um, but I do think it is getting better, which is, which is good, which is good. Um, looking at my physique after a Chinese, would I replicate this a show day? So yeah, I've, I've been putting pictures up of my physique kind of the, the days after the show, uh, and of, it's great to look crazy full and crazy vascular and literally look like you're out of this world and feel like you're out of this world but there is no way in hell that you're reciprocating the tightness the the dryness that you can achieve on a show day with a flat stomach and not loads of sodium salt and fat in you it feels great and like yeah i look amazing in a vest but as soon as you see your abs like your abs are a little bit blurry like don't get me wrong i've got crazy veins through my abs i'm still shredded i still have gained zero body fat But, like, there's a film of water across your abs. And it's just, like, you can still see a six-pack, you still see your serratus, you still see your obliques. But the film of water just lacks that pop. And that is the difference. And that's the hard part, you know. If you come on stage and you're really, really flat and you're not popping, and then you go ahead and eat loads of Chinese and water and then you pop, okay, you're too flat. But when you're already popping, feeling pretty good... Not necessarily full to the like the goal. It shouldn't be to get full to the brim, unless you're like a bodybuilder, in my opinion. Because in order to get full to the brim, you need to eat a lot of food, and that might mean digestive stress, stomach extension, um, and and we want to keep our waist tight, right? So you, you got to. Cons- it's hard to find that fullness with not having loads of food in your GI system. Because remember that Chinese probably ate a kilo of food, more more than a kilo of food. So that doesn't translate into a kilo of weight, but that actual substance, that actual weight of food is still in my stomach and digestive system. So it's still protruding more than it would be if it was empty, if that makes sense. So you've got to find that balance of not pushing food too high to have a tiny waist, but enough to be able to get fullness and a pump. So it's difficult. The real real way to get over it is just to get big enough so that you've always got a Chinese pump (laughs) and then you'd be absolutely fine. Um, final question, what are the most important qualities in a company for me to work with them? So I'm very, very fortunate to work with four companies now. That's crazy. I, I was proud to not to not have sponsors originally, but these people that came to me and the way we've interacted and the way we've connected has just allowed me to not say no because of the way they've done it. Integrity is the first and foremost Are you trying to pull the wool over my eyes or are you selling good shit? If you're selling good shit, cool. And if you're selling it well, cool. If you're trying to say this BCA is going to make you retain muscle, fuck off. Um, So integrity. Um, The way they treat their athletes is massive. So for me, the people I work with, they all hook me up big time And not because I've asked them to, which is the most important thing. It's unconditional. It's just said. For example, the boys at Insight came and watched my show this weekend. They gave me a bonus on my wages um, just to say well done for the season. You know, I didn't ask for that. They drove four hours to come see me, which is amazing. Um, So thank you guys for giving me the bonus. It really, really was lovely. It went into the Chinese. Um, And just that same respect that I would want from them... um, I would want to be able to say whatever I wanted to say to them whenever. And I can do that with these boys, which is awesome. And MediChex and Love Hemp and RA Optics. I can say what I want to say to these guys, um, what I think that they should be doing differently, what I think they should be doing, what, what I think they're doing right, what I think we could be doing to drive more sales. Um, and we were just working together for the same cause, and it's to bring good fucking products to the right people with the right information. Um, and I think I've aligned myself with some really, really good companies who treat me well. I treat them well. They're not trying to take the piss. As I expand and as I get bigger, I would like to be rewarded for that, and I do, and I do, and and that's all I can ask for. They recognise what I'm doing. They recognise the value I have for the business, and and that gets reciprocated in either wages, either the way they send me products, or whatever you know, and, and and that feeling is mutual. Um, and, and just, just being with that forward thinking, constantly moving forward company is the same principle that I want to take for my friends. You know, I want, I want my friends and my business partners to be forward thinking, loyal, have integrity, but have the best interests at heart and just not be fucking shitty people. <laughs> and that's essentially it. Um, there you go, guys. That was a big one. An update, a dark time, a few questions. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. Been emotional can't believe it we're nearly there i'm going to budapest tomorrow so there'll be no podcasts for the next 5 or 6 days i'll probably try and try and get on done maybe when i'm there if i have got a bit of time but if not um, i'll probably put a podcast up next week so i hope you guys enjoy this one don't forget to drop a drop a rating it really helps in the apple store which i'm trying to creep onto the the fitness side of things if i can get a few, so that way i can talk to some of the the bigger podcasts um, and get, try to get them on the podcast which would be awesome Um, well guys thank you for tuning in I will speak to you very soon peace and love as you get it